Good evening. This is the Bottom Rock Podcast. Today's episode is going to be about the mental zone four. Previously, I talked about the general mental zones that I've been playing with the concept, and I explained in more detail mental zone two. Today is about mental zone four, which is more in the anxious phase. Uh, this zone is characterized by heightened feelings of worry, fear, nervousness. I know a lot of people now also like coming into the clinic, they've got some characterization of like headaches, kind of uh, uh, jaw tension, uh, upper neck pain or shoulder pain, uh, which is uh, like the trap pain. Uh, these people are a little bit more hot, like red in the face, quicker to be irritable, uh, quicker to kind of get into the road rage, uh, anger, irritability, kind of um, looking for methods um, to cool themselves. Often people in more of the anxious phase will grab into uh, uh, alcohol use or um, some cannabis, but more alcohol use just to try to uh, sedate themselves a little bit. And so I wanted to take some time and explain this a little bit more too when building it out. And it's I find it pretty interesting. Um, individuals in this zone may struggle with racing thoughts, difficulty concentrating, physical symptoms such as rapid heart rate or shallow breathing. Uh, and to transition out of this zone, individuals are encouraged w- to participate in relaxation techniques, cognitive restructuring, and exposure to fearful situations to build tolerance and to decrease anxiety. During COVID, the CAMH Institute uh, out of Toronto, Canada's largest mental health institute, found that a significant number of individuals age 18 to 24, uh, over 67% reported severe um, anxiety, moderate to severe anxiety, which is uh, an increase from in the lower 20% percentile. And then uh, across the board, generally, before COVID, there was only 11% of the population reported to live in moderate to severe anxiety. And then during COVID and after COVID, um, the World Health Organization actually just recently in the last couple days announced that the COVID pandemic is officially over. And that when you look at the mental health numbers and you look at the people with physical pain, with the physical symptoms, um, dentists that I've been working with as well they're either coming in for treatment or just talking professionally they're reporting a lot more TMJ a lot more grinding a lot more uh, tension in people's teeth even teeth um, splitting uh, or or shattering and um, people are getting more root canals uh, from a few things I'm going to touch on a little in a little bit with the anatomy that's affected why it's affected And then ways to support yourself at home. The situation with COVID put us into relationships that were sometimes not ideal. Sometimes were forced a little bit more. Uh, We were stuck either in jobs or in positions with roommates 
without travel, without access to family members, without access to friendships other than through the computer. Uh, a lot of privacy was lost um, now that your people were living in close quarters uh, those first few months where we weren't really able to leave our home. I find a lot of people are kind of forgetting about that and the, the length of time that existed. In Vancouver and Canada, we didn't have it too bad. I know Quebec had it a lot worse than every other province. Ontario was also uh, pretty restricted, but uh, Alberta and uh, British Columbia weren't too bad. But that kind of change really amplified people's breathing, um, which is caused by um, some of the anatomy that I'm going to get into uh, in a few minutes. But I just wanted to give an overview first of the mental zone four. So to remind you, the spectrum of the mental zone starts in the optimal zone, which is zone three. You can slide down into zone two or zone one as you move from sadness and into depression and, and into the bottom rock. And then you can also slide upwards uh, going from the optimal zone into more tension, irritability, anxieties, panic, uh, rage or burnout, um, just kind of where that general spectrum lies and what you're exhibiting in your personal life, in your professional life, in your finances, and all kinds of different challenges. So um, instead of kind of pigeonholing yourself or putting yourself into a trench of I have depression or I have anxiety or I have irritability, and you kind of set yourself up along that path, walking through that trench, not really knowing how to get out. Um, I find that this mental zone um, concept uh, is a tool that allows the individual to flow a little bit more freely. It kind of gives that eagle eye vision of where we're able to go um, in our life and how we're able to transition in and out using a little bit more tactical language, uh, not so much dramatic language of using things like despair when really we're just having trouble finding a parking place or uh, anxiety when we're, we're just a little bit irritated. And so um, the, the concept of the mental zones and the spectrum of the mental zones allows us to, to place ourselves a little bit more accurately so that we can support ourselves with the align, nourish, and strengthen foundation of aligning our mind-body, aligning the anatomy, aligning our community, nourishing our body with proper foods, um, using classical, traditional, proven, effective styles of nutrition with anti-inflammatory or warming foods or cooling foods depending where you're at and then the strengthening using really effective methodical exercise regimes so that you're not burning yourself out any further you're not told to to run too far or lift too many weights or you're able to build up the strength if you're feeling a little bit weaker if you're you're moving down the spectrum and so this concept is is a little bit more uh, detailed um, 
and so I hope it's uh, easier to kind of visualize and I'm going to keep putting things onto the Active Solutions Medicine website so that people can understand a little bit more and try to find a little bit, a few different ways using illustration to um, convey the message. So to get a little bit further into it, mental zone four, the irritability to anxiety. I think that it's crucial instead of the long-term vision that we want to use in zone two and zone one, short-term vision and more quicker checkpoints will help build up the positive momentum forward the positive movement forward. So instead of that longer term vision that we need when we're on um, in those lower zones, the, sh- the short term quick checkpoints, daily checkpoints, hourly checkpoints, weekly checkpoints to make sure our mindset, I think even a, a one week checkpoint is a little bit too far. I think people who are running in this kind of hyper zone four need to get reminded regularly check your negative self-talk check those automatic negative thoughts check those points those people imposing those negative thoughts and focus on what's healthy around you and so as you move and transition out of zone three you're getting into the mild irritability which is brief or occasional feelings of frustration, annoyance, or um, impatience, some positive coping strategies, self-awareness, time management, setting boundaries. Um, This will allow you to establish quick checkpoints to to, um, keep your progress on track, um, to set your goals, to adjust your achievable goals, um, not the lofty goals. And one thing that we can do with the exercise in this phase is the light aerobic work, swimming, walking, uh, and the diaphragmatic breathing. The diaphragmatic breathing will help support that phrenic nerve I mentioned before. The phrenic nerve comes out of the neck, C3, 4, 5, uh, which are vertebrae in the side of the neck or kind of in the mid-level of the neck, but it comes out of the, the side on the left and a little bit... Um, lower on the right side and then it innervates the bottom of the heart diaphragm and top of the stomach but in a few moments i want to get into more the trigeminal nerve and explain why people in zone four are reporting more uh tmj jaw clenching and and tooth issues but first i'll get into um the progression here so we've got the mild irritability that starts It increases into the moderate irritability and the generalized anxiety. The generalized anxiety is the excessive worry and fear about various aspects of life. This is where people might start to use like PTSD. I have PTSD from this relationship or from this career change or I was in a car accident or a bike accident or or I sprained my ankle. Um, Difficulty controlling these these feelings of anxieties. a key coping strategy here in the general anxiety kind of portion of the spectrum is cognitive restructuring, relaxation techniques, and professional help. Clinically, like working with people as an athletic therapist when they've been injured, um, they've injured their knee, for example, their ACL or the MCL, um, two ligaments in the knee. 
and they're moving from the basic squats and lunges into more explosive work or the speed agility quickness work they get a bit nervous um sometimes the discussions are a little bit heated i push them a little bit more um, than they're willing to go or they think that they're unable to go and so some of it's about instilling hope uh, doing those quicker checkpoints having um less of a of a change in challenge so uh if it's uh, squat jumps um we'll change the height uh we'll we'll have an aid there so that people can um, hold on to something if they like to but basically part of that cognitive restructuring is the exposure therapy um, and then getting them to have fun with the technique and getting them to be comfortable in the gym or out on the street or in the park with their kids um, in the activity that um, they suffered that injury so it's it's just about routine and um, repetition and getting comfortable and and we talk about this and communicate this regularly it's important it's really key to have that balance routine to avoid the burnout from enhancing from level four zone four to into five the strength training and yoga it's good to do um both here and uh similarly uh, this is where i i add the kind of hot and cold techniques this is more of the the group that really benefits from the wim hof technique um, people who are on that in that zone two phase they oftentimes don't do well when you bring in the ayurvedic medicine and the traditional chinese medicine they don't do well with the cold exposure i've had certain people uh, and patients who have actually gotten a lot worse uh, from the cold exposure um, when i was younger and i didn't realize the benefit of the ayurvedic medicine um, and how important it was to to truly kind of understand the person as a whole um, sometimes that back spasm with the exposure to cold therapy would increase the pain and so um, but in zone four those people who are a little bit more anxious a little bit more irritable that Wim Hof technique, hot and cold, um, I like to do a, a ratio of one to three or one to two of a cold to warm, cold to hot modality um, to support the blood flow, move the oxygen, and, uh, and, and help um, reduce that tension. It allows that oxygen to, to move through the blood, move through um into the the nervous system and then um soothe the the brain and soothe the brain stem um and get people out of that fight or flight response uh get that phrenic nerve to calm down so that that vagus nerve can actually activate and people get in, can actually get into that rest and digest phase some key foods here kind of similar with the with the zone two with the anti-inflammatory foods but i like to add a little bit more uh carbohydrate based here um a little bit more stronger anti-inflammatories with the turmeric the curcumin the um the the gingers uh but the whole grains really helps kind of fuel 
because people will burn out often. So the um, the more complex carbs, the the slower burning carbs uh, will help them versus the people who are in zone two, a little bit more of the quicker acting um, carbs and then uh, more of the warming foods, the warmer soups in zone two. Zone four here, and then we add some more of the different herbs like thyme, fennel, um, things that will support and then cool that individual. Moving a little bit further into zone four, just before we get to zone five, would be more into the panic disorder, uh, which is recurrent, unexpected panic attacks, intense fear and physical symptoms. Fear of future panic attacks. So they're worried about something that's in the future here. And again, one really um, effective coping strategy is a little bit more exposure therapy, grounding techniques. Before we get into that exercise or that exposure, we really need that person to ground. We need them to get into uh, a very positive state. We reinforce them with positive feedback. We reinstill hope and belief in their strength, in their uh, consciousness, and um, definitely get some professional help. We um, encourage them to see psychologists who are um, a lot more able to help them holistically, um, and that will help build resilience and coping skills to manage the anxiety. Often try to encourage them to do the exercise supervised so that they'll feel a little bit more safe. Uh, and then into the foods, uh, the darker chocolates uh, and the green teas uh, will help here. In, in the mental zone four, individuals can utilize various exercise um, breathing techniques, just kind of in summary and the anti-inflammatory foods with the cooling foods to support their movement from the irritability anxiety towards the happiness in zone three incorporate it into the daily routine do it more repeatedly do it make sure that almost every meal you're having a little bit more of a well-balanced meal a little bit more of a complete meal during this phase so that it's a little bit easier to become a little bit more balanced in the emotional state and promote the stable neurotransmitter release um, to prevent prevent the burnout and rage. The neurotransmitters here, we want to get out of the norepinephrine and the acetylcholine, uh, which kind of keeps everybody a little bit more on edge, a little bit more active. You want this during competitive performance. You want this during athletic performance and the workout phase, but as but only for the short term, If those neurotransmitters, those chemicals that are in the brain telling the brain what to do, telling the muscles what to do as they move from one nerve cell to the next, those neurotransmitters, they need the serotonin to balance themselves out. And we can do that with the electroacupuncture. Uh, So I would encourage people to really um, seek some physical therapy along with the, the psychology support as well. Some supportive zone communication, managing 
and recalibrating self-talk during um, this mental zone four, uh, we want to identify the sources of your stress and your anxiety and develop um, some key coping strategies. I like to, to do a lot of visualization, and I'll explain a couple of visualization tactics um, with a lot of imagery uh, in, a, in a short period of time. This will help pra- um, practice the deep breathing exercises, the meditation, and the progressive muscle relaxation to manage the anxiety. The progressive muscle relaxation will occur when there is more serotonin release, when the body is able to, to lower that acetylcholine and norepinephrine release, it's able to then release and oxygenate the blood and oxygenate the, the muscles so that everything kind of relax. The magnesium glycinate can, can flow into the cells, which will allow the calcium and sodium to, to move out from the inside of the cell and get the muscle to relax. We want to challenge irrational thoughts and fears, replacing them with more balanced perspective, getting that eagle eye vision, um, zooming up to 5,000 feet, 10,000 feet. If that anxiety is still there, if you're still a little bit too focused on the problem, if it's a little bit too loud in your head with those negative thoughts, go up even higher. Get some reflection with that psychologist or with a key person in your life. Because one key message here, it's not what you've been through that that puts you to where you're going and, and makes you who you are. It's, it's not the challenge that you've been through that makes you a certain type of individual. It's the people you listen to. It's the dialogue you're listening to. Are you listening to the people who are kind of giving you... Um, not very supportive advice. Are you listening to those negative thoughts in your head uh, that are keeping you quiet, keeping you contained, keeping you restricted? Or are you listening to those positive feedback messages where you are a strong, healthy individual, uh, you are a supportive individual to your family and your community? You can do this once you see those those different perspectives. You're better able to set boundaries and prioritize self-care to prevent the burnout. Because if you're kind of being pigeonholed and you're being cornered into um, within the family or within the, the professional life into you are this individual, you are uh, you have this type of a personality. That regular kind of mental anguish that people will put into you uh, will cause more burnout because you at your core know who you are. So don't let that negative nonsense get to you. Uh, Otherwise, you'll burn out and, and do things that aren't really reflective of who you truly are. And connect with your support network. Keep it small. Keep it simple. And share your experiences and emotions especially during the challenges you will find somebody who's also been through a similar challenge and it's really good to connect with them so that you understand uh, you're not alone and everybody does have these different anxieties there are different 
um, chapters of our life. And just as any chapter in a book ends, whatever challenge it is, it will pass at some kind of a rate. There might be 100 pages in that book for that chapter, but there might only be 10. So just keep going and it'll end sooner than you think. Getting a little bit more into the anatomical impact and the support needed during mental zone four. I mentioned before the the fascial line and the key organs and the anatomy that's impacted in zone two. Uh, Here in zone four, um, there is still that interconnection that can influence one another. The organs can influence the muscles, the muscles can influence the blood vessels and vice versa. By targeting the specific lines of tension, uh, muscles and, and structure are either short or they're long, um, so they're taut or they're, t- or they're tight, like short, taut like a guitar string, um, and applying manual anatomy tactics, the tension can be relieved and overall mental well-being can be improved. The connection between the anatomy, the emotion, traditional Chinese medicine um, demonstrates the importance of having a holistic approach to mental health, um, similar with our physical health. And by understanding the relationship between these elements, we can develop targeted interventions for each mental zone, promoting overall well-being and, and emotional balance. In this zone, I find that in zone four, the arm lines and the heart line from traditional Chinese medicine are essential. The heart, according to traditional Chinese medicine, which has been around for over 5,000 years, houses the mind and is linked to emotions with joy and anxiety. By working on the fascia lines and the arms, usually on the inside of the arms, um, so people with a golfer's elbow, um, type of a pain or tendonitis across the elbow or the wrist, um, They'll often come in, but they're a little bit more anxious um, because they're trying to grip and control life a little bit too hard. So just like when you're weightlifting, if you if you relax your grip a little bit more, you can lift heavier, you can lift more weight. And similarly with life, if we're able to relax our grip a little bit on what we're trying to control, especially with social media, especially with our the people around us, uh, you're able then to be more supportive of yourself and more aligned with who you are to reduce the tension. And so by working that fascial line and the, and the muscles in the arms to, and balancing the heart energy from traditional Chinese medicine, you can help alleviate irritability and anxiety. We do that with acupuncture. We can do that with moxibustion, uh, which is like a little uh, heating thing. Um with traditional Chinese medicine or cupping technique also helps. During the work of the anatomy in this zone, I mentioned this earlier, the combination of the cold and the warm um, is helpful. You can get that in the different pharmacies um, with a commercially available Icy Hot or a Rub A535 is beneficial. I would look for something with the ingredients with menthol for the cooling effect with the capsaicin, which is kind of a derivative of cayenne or something warming. Um, 
that allows the contraction of the blood vessels and also then the dilation. So the contraction with the menthol and the cooling effect and then the, the dilation from the warming effect allows the blood vessels to be encouraged to to pump more freely Um, it allows the movement of the electricity through the nerves and this will encourage the reduction of the pain syndromes there's all kinds of data on this Uh, i don't need to get into any studies but i'm clinically working with people for uh, over 17 years professionally uh, and then being in athletics for my entire life, um, it it is extremely helpful. Uh, that's why like the kind of hot and cold submersion tubs are quite popular these days. Uh, we've been using them at, in athletics for for years. So a little bit further, uh, the fascial line, the arm line, the key organ, um, nutritional transmitters in the heart. Uh, a helpful manual anatomy tactic, applying pressure and massage to the muscles of the shoulders, uh, the arms and the hands, focusing on the biceps, the muscle in the front of the arm, the triceps, the muscles on the back of the arm, uh, the forearm flexors, so the muscles, uh, if your hand is facing you, those muscles in the front of the forearm um, to alleviate the tension and promote relaxation. The phrenic nerve is often a culprit during this phase. The phrenic nerve moves from the neck to the heart, the diaphragm, and the upper stomach. When there are times of anxieties, responsibility, and pressure, the phrenic nerve increases the fight, flight, flee, or fawn response in the body. This increases heart rate and changes the breathing. As a result, muscles in the neck, the shoulder, the arms get impacted with pain syndromes. And again, further into it, TMJ is a big factor in this group. TMJ is caused by the trigeminal nerve. The trigeminal nerve is impacted and will cause the muscles of the jaw to clinch. The muscles that are clinching are called pterygoid muscles. There's two of those. There's the lateral and medial. They're kind of the muscles inside the jaw on the inside and outside. You might have had a chiropractor, a massage therapist, or an osteopath kind of massage the inside of your mouth. They're they're mobilizing and trying to release the pterygoid muscles. That's what keeps the jaw tight. The trigeminal nerve is made up of three branches of nerves which originates from the brain stem. There are three sensory nerves and one motor nerve of this trigeminal nerve. I know this is starting to get a little bit too technical, but it's. I wanted to get a bit more technical for a reason. So this trigeminal nerve has three sensory nerves. So the sensation across the top of the forehead, across the eye, to the nose, and then into the jaw. Highly sensitive, useful for facial expression. Um, obviously, our face is, is a very sensitive area. Our, our hair, our ear, uh, the nose, everything is there. The eyes, the, um, the sm- sense of smell, all that kind of thing 
is impacted by the trigeminal nerve and it has one motor nerve uh, which is a little bit more limiting but it is potentially a cause of the clenching of the jaw and the focus is the motor branch which originates from the pons the pons has the is a part of the brain stem it's inside the skull uh, so it doesn't go down into the spinal co um, column where the vertebrae are but the pons has the responsibility of unconscious processes such as the sleep-wake cycle pain signal and breathing the main function is a subconscious control of breathing as it is part of the central nervous system and the phrenic nerve I previously mentioned is a part of the peripheral nervous system so you've got two components here the trigeminal nerve running right through originating inside of the pons the subconscious breathing some dreaming occurs with this uh, the pain signal so if you got pain in your body um, those anxious pains um, that tight anxious breathing that pons that's uh, that's working on those subconscious processes is going to cause electrical flow through the trigeminal nerve through the motor nerve and then clinch those pterygoids that phrenic nerve is a part of the peripheral nervous system it comes out of the neck c345 goes to the bottom of the heart diaphragm and top of the stomach that is going to also change your breathing change your heart rate and change part of the digestion in the stomach that those kind of things are going to cause headaches and the extra clinching and a little bit more tension in the neck, the jaw, and everything. So that's why we want to try to cool the neck, the the menthol rubs, all those kind of things. People really get a lot of relaxation. The serotonin release with the electroacupuncture get a lot of relaxation from that neck work, um, from the the neck traction because it then allows the trigeminal nerve, the phrenic nerve. To relax and allows this the pons to get more into the regular breathing cycle instead of into the the fight or flight response moving a little bit further along into zone four with that irritability moving into the anxiety moving to the panic there's a lot of frustration that builds up frustration then moves into anger and people just kind of get wound up that road rage in those road rage incidences the issues uh, being at the grocery store in a long irritated line somebody doesn't know how to work the pay machine somebody in the parking lot isn't turning quickly or they're not backing up it it, it causes a lot of tension and so Sometimes people will yell, they'll swear, they'll do things they regret, those shameful techniques. But I want to introduce you to the cold expression of anger and hot expression of anger. People who work with psychologists most likely have heard these two kind of expressions of anger. But I wanted to share it because it's really important for zone four. 
Venting the anger in zone 4 is crucial to prevent the escalation into zone 5, where the detrimental and more shameful behaviors may lead to burnout and regret, and a lot more apologizing. Effectively managing anger in zone 4 not only preserves one's mental health, but also helps maintain healthy relationships with loved ones and professionals. Finding the appropriate outlets to release anger and frustration can significantly reduce the risk of progressing into more destructive emotions and behaviors. And by engaging in open communication, assertiveness, and practicing healthy coping strategies, individuals can channel their anger constructively, maintaining a positive sense of self and fostering stronger connections with others. Remember, acknowledging and addressing anger in its early stages is key to maintaining overall mental health, mental well-being, and ensuring the harmonious relationships. One thing that when someone's coming in with the TMJ and that upper neck tension, I usually say pretty facetiously to somebody, I say, what do you want to say and to who? And they often kind of side-eye me and they say, how do you know I want to do that? How do you know? Can you read my mind? And they often then flow into, because I say it's a safe space, the door is closed, they can yell and swear and say whatever they'd like, there's no judgment, and they often usually unleash a variety of verbal attacks, um, the verbal kind of just volcanic unleashing from the tension that's built up either at work or with their spouse or with uh, a close relative, a mother-in-law, a father-in-law, a sibling. And... that then instantly almost relaxes those pterygoids, relaxes the tension of the upper neck um, because they've now been able to express themselves. So you can, t- you can tell people you're irritated. You can tell them that you're upset. Do it quicker. Like I said, those quicker checkpoints doesn't allow the tension to build up. So a lot of repetition, getting the cadence in. Hey, what you're doing is making me upset. Hey, what you're doing is irritating. Um, And that's an example of a cold expression of anger. It's also known as passive aggression, but in a more um, helpful way. It involves expressing anger in a more indirect and subtle manner. This may include behaviors such as sarcasm, Uh, silent treatment or withholding or procrastination so that's the passive aggressive side that's not helpful for releasing the anger Um, we want to get more into supportive methods of cold expression of anger the hot expression of anger is characterized by more overt and direct displays of aggression and hostility uh, such as yelling swearing or physical confrontation Um, Like when you're parenting, 
it's it's better to verbalize the cold expression of anger with your with your kids. Um, you don't want to yell at them, like, "Hey, stop yelling." That's not going to teach them how to express themselves. That's counterintuitive. It's just compounding the yelling around them. The teaching them to recognize passive-aggressive behavior, teaching them to reflect, um, helping them to practice empathy and perspective talking to understand each other's viewpoint is, is really helpful. Developing assertive communication to express their feelings, express your feelings. Uh, as long as you're not living in the feelings, you can feel a certain way, but it's not okay to behave in, in the way that your feelings are, are leading you, um, kind of putting the car before the horse. Uh, this is what's going to kind of release, take the, the lid off the, the boiling pot, uh, and it will allow you to seek compromise and collaboration when addressing the conflicts or the disagreements. Some outlets for the cold expression. Uh, I personally like the, the longer walks. I like um, the conflict resolution communication. I enjoy... Uh, participation in sport i enjoy um building puzzles or playing games um kind of doing uh the the i statements uh and kind of really connecting with self um you can also do the hot expression uh you help kids uh help identify their emotions practicing calming techniques um, doing deep breathing, uh, counting backwards from 10 or even 100 if they're really upset, uh, encouraging teenagers to participate in activities or hobbies. And then as we get older, uh, gardening, um, creative pursuits, those kind of more physical work uh, tactics will help to decompress and express our, our anger and upset. A little bit more specifically, some of the practices um, I mentioned earlier. Um, sometimes we need to fight fire with fire. When we're kind of in that early zone four to mid zone four, smash therapy, there are smash rooms. Sometimes you need to just break things. There was one um, uh, pretty well-known singer that I that I work with and she was going through a lot of public shame she was going through a lot of uh, uh, family kind of control with money um, going through uh, kind of being the second partner in a relationship where the public was was thinking that she kind of moved in on her current husband's uh, old relationship, but the media was just trying to create more headlines. And so she got more anxious right away. She was having trouble kind of getting out of the home and feeling comfortable in the city. And so I really encourage the smash therapy 
um, pretty wild. She actually took uh, my advice. She, but she did it at a whole other level. People with money do it for a whole other level. So there's smash rooms. You can go rent a room for like 50 bucks, 80 bucks, and you can go have a room where they set up all these plates, um, glasses, old appliances, and they give you a bat or they give you a hammer and you just have at her. We've seen them probably on some TV shows, uh, but she went and bought a whole bunch of plates from like Value Village or in Ikea and glasses and and went out into nature, took a helicopter and just smashed everything from the amount of uh, pent up rage. Um, engaging in this is controlled. She did clean everything up. So the environmentalists out there, she did clean everything up. Uh, and she actually did a really interesting photo shoot uh, for an album and uh, for her social media um, to show that kind of expression that was needed in her life pretty interesting artwork um what came out of it but engaging in this uh in a safe environment where you can physically release your anger by smashing things uh allows that physical outlet of emotions without causing harm to others um or yourself in the home another technique is the cold submersion using the calming effect of the cold water by submerging yourself in a cold bath or shower even an ice bath for a short period of time the shock of the cold can help reset your emotional state and bring clarity to your thoughts allowing you to better manage your anger i personally like to do a series of six so i'll get into the ocean or the river um, for two minutes at a time and repeat that uh, six times um, so I'm in there for about 12 minutes in total, and I I come out of the water for about an extra four minutes and then go back in. I also do the cold showers, like when I was going through a lot of exams or prefer, preparing for the 48 court appearances that I've been through with family court, I did the cold Shower, so I would do one minute cold uh, and then two minutes warm, kind of as cold as I could stand and then as warm as I could stand. Uh, and that kind of helped get me out of that fight or flight response uh, before and after those appearances, after the exams or after those court appearances or after bigger meetings. Uh, it really helped kind of calm myself down and get me back into more of a grounded state the other one that i really find beneficial is the imagery of a mountain so when i first moved to vancouver life was a bit challenging you could hear that in episode two uh where i'm parked on top of this um parking lot life's a bit challenging very challenging financially relationships family moving across the country what did i do this plan is not working out at all these investors aren't helping out at all uh i probably made some bad decisions so well, i know i made some bad decisions but here i am in my reality what do i do and i just kind of got the I'm staring at these mountains. 
Um, and they have this slow, docile, stable, but an enormously strong rhythm to them. And I'm, it's a sunny day, but I can see these clouds rolling over the mountain. I know I've been on that mountain, the grouse grind, or hiking up Cypress, and I'm looking at these mountains. I know there's all kinds of wildlife. There's birds, there's chipmunks, there's bears, there's cougars, it's wild. And there's just these pockets of clouds. You can see it raining, you can see it storming. And that just, that mountain just endures. It just, like, there's the whole ecosystem on that mountain, and those storms wash, like, wash over it, and it doesn't get caught up. So, just like that kind of eagle vision, sometimes you gotta be the mountain. It's more of a yang uh, imagery where you're just strong and stable, and that storm will wash over you. It has its purpose. Sometimes the universe, God, people, things happen to wash out, to cleanse, to renew, to rejuvenate, to feed who you are and allows more growth to occur. So I personally like the imagery of the mountain. I like staring at the mountains. I like getting into the mountains and just kind of feeling them out and watching and the imagery helps ground me it can help ground you and find that kind of inner peace among the turmoil uh, of the anger and the frustration uh, and let it just kind of wash over you and enjoy that enjoy that storm find the peace in the storm because it's going to go away the muscle techniques engage in Muscle relaxation techniques such as tapping or progressive muscle relaxation by focusing on releasing the tension in your muscles. This allows the magnesium to flow in, specifically magnesium glycinate. If you need a supplement, I would recommend at least 250 milligrams um, to help relax the muscles. You can achieve a sense of physical and emotional relaxation, which will help alleviate the anger. You can get into psychoanalytical exploration um, following uh, Freud's approach. Delve into the underlying causes of your anger by exploring your subconscious uh, or subconscious mind and identifying any unresolved conflicts or repressed emotion that may be contributing to your current emotional state. Sometimes people get caught up in this they look at it as events you don't need to always have such a like a breakdown event or that kind of thing to sometimes you can just identify the previous conflict that's contributing and those repressed emotions that are contributing to the current state and just know that's in your past that anxiousness doesn't mean it's in your future it's who you're listening to so Listen to that positive feedback. See those negative things. It doesn't dictate your future. And then mean making in line with Viktor Frankl's philosophy. uh, Search for meaning and purpose in your expressions with anger and use this understanding to transform your perspective and foster personal growth. 
he come he came out with an incredible experience from World War II. Uh, he saw people in the darkest, absolute darkest times of human history, um, in recent human history. I know there's all kinds of disgusting trauma that still occurs in the world. Um, but if you read that book, it, uh, a man Search for meaning Victor Frankl, uh, it does help give a positive perspective and, and the need to find a positive perspective for what you're going through. And then lastly, the integration of the shadow. So drawing from Carl Jung's theory, acknowledge and integrate the darker aspects of your personality, the shadow, to achieve greater self-awareness and balance in your emotional life. And by incorporating all of these methods or parts of these methods or one or two of these methods, um, you can effectively manage and express your anger in a healthier, more constructive way, promoting overall emotional well-being and fostering those stronger connections with yourself and others and reduce the probability of increasing tension and sliding to zone five, uh, which will increase the likelihood of the burnout phase. So we can do that by kind of checking in repeatedly this podcast today had a lot of information on it, buckets of information on it. I think looking at the tracking thing here, it's the, the longest episode to date. But it's because there are so many people out there suffering with this, this increase of anxiety, this increase in irritability and tension and anger and one of the guys I used to work with, uh, a really great sports medicine doctor, he would say, everything works all the time. Nothing works some of the time. So sometimes you got to throw the kitchen sink at you, like in this episode. And sometimes you just have to relax and, and kind of go with the flow. That's why sometimes just staring at the mountain, going for a nice walk, doing some some breathing going for a nice jog will help to relax everything so i hopefully you took some notes today uh and and you got a better understanding of how the anatomy impacts some of the pain some of the experiences from our past and our, our current situation our fear of the future can cause some more pain but again, it's it's who we listen to that helps improve. So stay positive and keep moving forward. Because just like the quote I made up a while ago, we get further ahead when we go too far. Recently, last week, that's relative because last Sunday, I went to go for a jog for with this group in Squamish. We were supposed to do only 25 kilometers. And I say only because it is still, at the time, it was 10 more kilometers than I've run recently, which was going to be kind of a bigger day. We ended up doing 34 kilometers with over 1,100 meters of elevation. I burnt 
close to 4,000 calories, maybe a bit more, depending on if the app is accurate or not. So we went too far that day. It took three days, four days to start to come out of the soreness. I pushed to today where I went back into the five peaks racing and still pretty sore, tired uh, from a whole bunch of things going on in life, this bottom rock place. And I went out for just a, I went to go do a light jog, but set a personal best today um, for the 15K run, uh, which is awesome. Uh, so you get further ahead when you go too far sometimes. Thank you. That is the bottom rock.